0: Confronting others with the wrongs that we've done them as an addict, that's a fearful thing. It's intimidating. When I make that bold step and the choice to move beyond how I feel about it and do it, I get healing immediately and I get that acceptance and affirmation that I craved my whole life. But that came not through acting out, but through brave steps of humility.
1: Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if it's possible to save your marriage, or even if you want to?
0: Your story matters, and there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. I'm Johnny. I'm Emily. And friends, we've been where you are.
1: Our marriage vows were shattered by adultery fueled by pornography. But through commitment to recovery, our faith in God, and our hope for redemption, we set out on a journey of healing. Now our marriage is better than we ever could have imagined, and we give God all the glory.
0: On our show, we'll talk through difficult topics, infidelity, porn addiction, recovery, and more. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us.
1: Marriage is redeemed, hearts renewed, on Beyond Broken Vows podcast.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. We're your hosts, Johnny and Emily Spiegelmeyer.
1: Hey, everybody. It's really great to be back again this week. We are here in Texas, and I'm looking out the window right now, and the sky is all white.
0: Yes, gray skies, white skies, and it has been full of rain for the last several days. So much rain. Our place is like a big swamp everywhere we go. (laughs) You know, when it rains like this, And when the skies are gloomy and gray during the wintertime, it can be, for me, a depressing time of year. It kind of always has. I'm an outdoors guy. Green gardens, trees. I love flowers. I love all that comes with things that grow that makes things just look wonderful around here.
1: Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get a little bit of the blues whenever the skies are gray.
0: Yes. You know, I've worked landscaping now for 25 years and despite the fact that i feel that way this time of year there's always a new hope that comes with the spring mhm things start to turn green
1: new beginnings
0: new beginnings that's right and god assures us of a hope for the future because he tells us that the seasons will continue as they always have until he returns so in the midst of this time when i'm feeling the weight of the way it looks outside i'm wearing it on my inside I have a hope that spring is coming and hard work and patience will reap benefits when the spring comes.
1: Yes. And we're going to be talking about reaping benefits today.
0: Yes, that's right. Reaping the benefits from taking positive action forward toward those that we have harmed in our past. And that is exactly what's at the heart of step nine through Sex Addicts Anonymous.
1: Yeah, that's really great. I can't wait to talk about this. But first, let's go ahead and read a review that we received. We're so excited when we get these because, first of all, we love connecting with you guys. And this is one of the ways that we can really know what you're thinking. And then we also know that five-star reviews help us to be heard around the world.
0: And today's review comes from Amy Louise, and she titled it Amazing Hope with a little heart on it. It's very (laughs) nice of her to do that. She says, wow, it's hard to even find words. Johnny and Emily's transparency about their story is so powerful. All of us have a story. That's why we all need a Savior. Whether you're in the midst of a similar struggle or some other issue, anyone can find hope, healing, and redemption if they surrender fully to Jesus. Give this a listen. It could just change your life.
1: Wow, thank you, Amy Louise, for that wonderful five-star review. And you are so right. Everyone does have a story and everyone can surrender to Jesus, who is our help in time of trouble. So we appreciate your kind words, and we want you to know that your review helps us reach others with the message of hope and healing for their marriages. And another way that you all can connect with us is to get on our mailing list. We do send out a weekly newsletter with inspiring stories, helpful marriage tips, podcast previews, and also exclusive access to giveaways and promotions. Just head on over to insider.beyondbrokenvows.com and sign up today.
0: We also want to hear from you all as well. If you have a question for us or a suggestion for a topic, you can email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com or go to speakpipe.com slash beyondbrokenvows to leave us a voice message, anonymously if you wish. You can find all of these links in the show notes.
1: Dear Betrayed, are you feeling alone and unable to share your burden with someone who understands your pain and confusion? Someone who can gently lead you through your grief and help you make wise decisions? When my world was turned upside down by sexual betrayal in my marriage, I immediately felt lost and alone. For too long, I didn't have anyone to help me understand what was happening, what it meant, and what I should do about it. I was having a hard time even functioning throughout the day. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. Crying all the time. I didn't know who I could turn to for a safe place to process all the intense emotions I was feeling. I turned to the Lord and he was with me. But I also longed for Jesus with skin on to help me get on the path to healing. I want you to know that you don't have to go through the trauma of betrayal alone. You need a safe place and an understanding heart to help you walk through the minefield of a shattered marriage. Someone who has lived the devastation and has emerged victorious. That someone is me. Don't wait. Go now to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com and see if coaching with me might be the help that you've been praying
0: for. Thank you, Emily. So today is Take Action Day. Yay! So last week, we talked about making a list of those that we have harmed and becoming willing to make amends to them all. That is Step 8 in Sex Addicts Anonymous Recovery. This is not the same, by the way, as actually making the amends.
1: I'm going to go ahead and recap what the definition of amends is from last week.
0: Please, go ahead.
1: It says to change or modify for the better, and we are attributing it to relationships in our podcast. And last week, we talked about how strange that word is and that we don't really use it a lot in our everyday language.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think that the most common way that we interact with the word amend is through a legal document The most common reference we have in our culture, I believe, is through our U.S. Constitution.
1: Right. We make amendments to the Constitution. Correct.
0: And when we apply the definition to make a change or to modify for the better, is that not what we did with our U.S. Constitution? It existed, but then we amended it to improve it for the better of all the people of the land. So this is what we're doing in our relationships with the folks that we have hurt in our past. We may have already, up to this point, been able to maintain those friendships and relationships, but it's now time to make the formal amends, to go back and say, I remember this occasion where I hurt you, and I want to make that right now. And in the process, we tell them how we plan to change the nature of our relationship for the better, Meaning, I'm no longer going to behave the way I used to in the way that hurt you. And I hope that as we continue our relationship, you will see that this will be true.
1: Yeah, that's really wonderful. It's such a humbling thing to do. And it's not really something that we like run to do as humans. Our human nature kind of shies away from things like that. Because it's a little scary. There's some unknowns. You just don't know how they're going to react maybe being afraid of the words that you say. You might say something to make it even worse. You know, there's all these fears wrapped up in making amends to people, but it's, it's so liberating, isn't it?
0: It is. I absolutely agree with that. And as we get into excerpts from our Green Book reading regarding Step 9, this is what it has to say for today. In taking the ninth step, we act on the knowledge that what we do really matters, that our actions have consequences in the world for good or ill. The damage we did in our addiction is cleared away not only by honestly admitting what we have done, but by committing to setting things right. Reaching out to others to acknowledge and heal the wrongs of the past brings us freedom and serenity in the present. In Step 9, we make our best effort to contact people we have harmed, admit the wrongs we have done them, express our remorse, and offer some kind of reparation. Most importantly, we change how we behave today. We do our utmost not to repeat the behavior that caused harm in the past. We communicate this resolve to those we've hurt. Effective amends are as selfless and sincere as we can make them, with no hidden agendas. We want to be sure we are not using the amends process as an excuse to re-engage with people who prefer not to have contact with us. We also guard against using Step 9 as an opportunity to defend our past behaviors or to burden others with detailed confessions in order to relieve ourselves of our own guilt. In all cases, we check to see whether we are acting out of selfishness, simply in order to feel better, or from a desire to be liked for having changed our ways. The most effective amends we can make to others and to ourselves is our commitment to recovery. As we complete our ninth step, we know that we have done everything in our power to clean up the wreckage of our past and move forward with our slates clean. By continuing to stay abstinent and work the program, we commit to maintaining this new freedom from the consequences of our acting out. We become accountable for our behavior. Our relationships improve, both with those that we have harmed in the past and with new people in our lives. We see that we are becoming better people. We begin to experience a new sense of self worth. We feel free to live in the present and enjoy our lives, no longer having to carry a load of despair, resentment, and fear. Let's go ahead and pray before we dive into this week's step.
1: Wonderful. Let's do it.
0: Father, thank you so much for giving this opportunity to actually take the brave step forward and make amends to those that we have harmed, to be humble enough to see them eye to eye and say, I am so sorry for what I did. I will never do that again. And here's how I see we can move forward together. Will you please forgive me? Father, this is such a great pattern that you have given not only the recovery community, but to everybody in the world. And you displayed this in such a beautiful way through your word. So today, Father, as we cover this step, I ask, Lord, that you would give us your mercy and grace and give us, Father, wisdom as we communicate this message. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Johnny. Okay, so let's go ahead and see what our action steps are for step nine of the Sex Addicts Anonymous Recovery Program. Can you go ahead and tell us what this step is?
0: Yes. So, step nine of recovery states made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others.
1: Wow, that's a pretty important caveat.
0: Yes. It is rarely thought of that when you go to make things right with somebody that you could actually cause harm.
1: Can you give me an example of what that might look like?
0: You might have done some physical damage through physical abuse to somebody in the past, and now just because you are a changed person and you have a desire to make that right, that person may not be ready to meet with you again. But the important part is what step eight says, is that you're willing to do it.
1: Okay. Yeah. I could see that some people that cause harm to others maybe don't really deserve to have that person in relationship anymore.
0: That's correct. It doesn't always go well for you just because you make the choice and the brave step to humble yourself and go make that amends. It's not a guarantee that that relationship is going to be repaired. Again, what you're doing is that you are not just reaching out to make things right with others you're writing your own ship as well so that you can continue to move forward as a person of integrity
1: yeah relationships are so complex not just marriage relationships but relationships with family and with friends with coworkers with you know just anybody in your circle it's very important to keep those relationships healthy and after the harm that comes from an addiction there's a lot of work that goes into having to repair those relationships but it does start with the apology with the amends.
0: I agree completely. So I am currently working step nine. Right. So for those of you who have been listening to us from the beginning, you understand that I have been in recovery for five years now and I have described my process as the slow boat to China. (laughs) There are those who have gotten through all 12 steps in like six months. And then there are folks like me who are taking the slow action. And then there are those who are in between. The important part is that all of us are working our program at our own pace. I made the choice to go slow in my program because when I was acting out in my addiction, my addictive behaviors were all about conquering and doing things and getting the next step and achieving the next level And was I really learning anything through those processes when I was just pushing forward? I can't really say yes or no to that because I was pushing through them in such a breakneck speed in order to gain approval and acceptance from others. I really wasn't paying attention to what was going on.
1: Yeah. And so rather than check the boxes and just say, oh, I did that step. I did that step. You had told me you decided to really dig in, go slow and make sure that you were really working the step and not just checking the box.
0: That's correct. And I felt that it was very important for me to explain that to you so that if you felt at any time in the future that, Johnny, you just don't seem to be moving through this real fast. What's going on while you're trying to understand what's going on inside of me while looking for some safety for yourself. It was also very important for me to explain this to my sponsor as sponsors, we don't try to push people through the steps, but to have an understanding of how they want to go through them is really good. So I explained to him that part of my acting out behavior was trying to just push the head through things too quickly without living in them, and I'm purposely making the choice to live through all the steps. And so, yeah, it, it's taken quite a while. I moved through the first three steps in the first year. It took me another year to go through step four. And then in the third year, I did five, six, and seven. And now here I am in my fifth year, and I'm doing steps eight and nine. What I have learned by taking the slow process through has helped me really internalize all of the steps. I'm not going to sit here in front of the microphone and say that's the process that everybody else should take. I'm saying you should do the process the way you know you are. And just keep an open mind, explain it to your sponsor, and let him help guide you through it. My sponsor happened to be very understanding of my position, and he's been very patient with me. As I approach him, he gives me my assignments and what the objective for this step is, and helps me move through it.
1: Yeah, and I just wanted to say for the wives out there, um, everyone's husband will go through this in a different way. And it can be a little scary when you don't see progress or when you don't see them actually doing the work, like writing things down in their notebook or journal or making calls to people. Maybe they make them when they're not home to their sponsor or to to their fellows, but go ahead and ask and do it in a way that shows compassion, empathy, and that you're his ally don't be accusatory and say i haven't seen you doing your work on step 6 in like 3 months what's going on that is not going to be helpful you could ask how's it going with step 6 johnny what's god teaching you through that step something as simple as that and hopefully your husband will respond with graciousness and honesty
0: and well you couldn't be more right because as you were compassionate and attentive to me while I was working the steps. You've been very patient with the slow boat that I've been on as well, but you have been very curious. And we often sit and we talk about the steps. We talk about the process. And I made the choice to involve you in my recovery process so that you had full access to everything about me and what was going on. Again, with rigorous honesty and with transparency and vulnerability, there isn't anything about me anymore that you don't know now.
1: And that makes me feel very safe. When I didn't know what you were thinking or doing, I didn't feel safe. I had to wonder, and then my mind would sometimes take me to places that I didn't want it to go. But you being open and honest with me has given me that feeling of safety that I've needed for our whole married life. And yeah, I really enjoy being a part of your recovery, not responsible for your recovery, that's your
0: responsibility. Huge difference. What a great point you make.
1: But I could be a part of it. I loved sitting down after your weekly meetings and talking over what you had discussed and what your share was, what your part in it was, and what your thought processes through it all were. And that just made us so much closer because I could understand more what you had been struggling with your whole life. In a way that I never could before because I just didn't even really want to go there. And it caused our relationship to heal faster because we were sharing everything about your recovery. I didn't want to say, you go fix yourself and then we'll start mending our relationship. I think that doing it together has created a stronger bond than we would have had otherwise.
0: Yes, that's right. And from what I know of the recovery program, It is absolutely my responsibility to recover, but I don't have to do it alone.
1: Right.
0: And my first point of not doing it alone, God willing, for others as well, is the wife. If it's possible, we understand that there can be so much pain from the betrayal that the wives just can't get there. Mm -hmm. We know that that's possible because we hear about it from some of our listeners and those that we've coached, and it's a hard step to take. But when you make that choice to involve yourself in your husband's recovery process, you are going to find what I believe to be a more enriched healing process for yourself because you're now starting to see and understand all sides, even if you don't like them.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is not a picnic for sure. It's not something that we ever wanted to go through, but here we are, and it's our new reality. And I want the best marriage possible. I want us to be better friends than we've ever been. I want us to be closer and more connected than we've ever been. And I see that happening.
0: Yes, that is such a great thing. So as I said earlier, I am currently working the ninth step and I have started working some amends and I'm really glad for some of those that I've already been able to do. I think about most notably recently making an amends on Christmas day with my oldest son. Yes. He was so kind and gracious to me, not only as I took the time to apologize, but then to articulate the ways that I believe that I affected his upbringing. My larger-than-life, gregarious personality cast such a huge shadow over my two boys, I could see very easily that they could feel that that was such a hard thing to live up to. Everybody at church and in the community saw me this way. How could they possibly ever grow into shoes like that? So although I was trying to teach both my boys how to live as strong, godly men, my personality and the way that I would act, again, cast such a large shadow that it made it impossible for them to live up to that. And so they finally just stopped trying in certain ways. And it did have an effect on our relationship as they grew older. Right. We have since repaired those relationships, and my two boys are my heroes. Mm -hmm. My daughter is the one that I can talk the most openly with, Mm -hmm. because she's like a female version of me. (laughs) She talks to me like I talk to people, and so she can be very blunt and very open in the way that she talks to people. And I'm so grateful for that, because it helped us heal so much more quickly than the process has been with my two sons.
1: So you're not the only one that has experienced this, obviously. You're in a group with a lot of men who are working the steps. And today we wanted to share an interview that we had with one of your fellows.
0: Yes. Just to set this up a little bit, Emily, was back in the beginning when we decided we were going to start covering the 12 steps of recovery on our podcast, I made an announcement to my group that, hey, we're going to cover the 12 steps. And If anybody would like to take an opportunity to speak into how any one of the steps has impacted them, we would love to do just a short little interview with you and get that recorded so that we can let our listeners hear that as well, so that that information wasn't coming just from us, but they can hear the perspective from others. Most importantly, because of how I benefit from the collective wisdom of our group, it isn't because one person has something good to say. It's that so many in the group have something to say about the positive progress that comes from working the program. So today we're going to share an interview that I recorded with Matt while he was out remote, and he's going to give us his insights and thoughts on how the ninth step impacted him. We're really glad to have you today. Matt, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us here today. Yeah, thanks for having me with you. Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Yeah. So I am one
2: of eight kids. Um, I grew up in a small rural town of Ohio. I uh, I basically struggled with addiction my whole life from the age of seven. Basically used masturbation daily. And then uh, I uh, got into pornography when I was around 14 and uh, used that in addition daily pretty much my whole life. So yeah, I met my wife, and I figured that would fix the problem. Uh, it did not. And then about six months into my marriage, I realized it was still a problem. Talked to her about it, and you know, wasn't wasn't as uh, easy of a conversation as I thought. So instead of stopping the way she asked, I decided to then lie to her for the next ten years, which was not good. But yeah, then I I got. I don't know, convicted to tell the truth and to seek help. And so now I'm over two years sober in recovery.
0: That's wonderful, Matt. Congratulations. Matt, do you have any kids at home? Yeah, we got four kids. Four kids. All right. You have a busy household for sure.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: So the first question I wanted to ask you today is how did you come to choose SAA as your chosen recovery program?
2: Uh, I had tried uh, another one that was virtual. There was just, I didn't get a connection there and didn't work for me. And so I, you know, after trying that for two weeks, I think I went to two or three meetings, maybe four meetings in that group virtually. And then I went to the first Friday Westlake meeting and knew that was where I needed to be.
0: You mentioned that the first group didn't work out for you. And I think I heard you say that uh, your connection to the group wasn't there. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, because we've talked many times that connection to the right group is paramount for recovery. Otherwise, you're just feeling alone and without direction. Did you find that that was a little bit of your experience?
2: Yeah, and, and you already feel alone, and then you get into a group where you also feel alone. That's not helping the problem.
0: Right. So let's get right down into the meat of it. How has step nine helped you in your recovery process?
2: Yeah, I mean... You know, step nine is where someone told me, you know, as I was kind of going through it, that it's where the promises are fulfilled. And I think what I've been told a few times is that the promises in the big book, I think it's the a, the big blue book or the big big book of AA, you know, it says we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. And, uh, and what people were telling me is the halfway through is not halfway through the steps, meaning step six, it's halfway through step nine. And even though I was amazed well before halfway through working the steps, I was really amazed halfway through step nine.
0: So the whole process of step nine is we humble ourselves before those that we have done harm to and we seek to repair the damages that we've done. Right. In those meetings, how did those experiences go for you?
2: Mine were overall very positive. A lot of people essentially said, you don't have to apologize for that. There was a lot of uh, grace and love and uh, forgiveness and all of that. So I didn't have a lot of experiences where I was looking for someone to apologize back to me about something, which sometimes that can get in the way of of your progress. Um, So overall, very positive results, very positive interactions. Yeah, very, very good.
0: That's so good to hear because this task can seem daunting at the beginning when you think about having to face those that you know that you've done wrong to. We can feel intimidated or even feel afraid to do so. Did you feel any of that moving into any of those?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still have to do my one final amends with my wife. And, uh, you know, they're, I'm not holding off on it for any reason, but I've been asked to wait so that one, I, uh, I, I'm a little nervous about that one. Uh, that's the big one. But I, I did them from the easiest to the hardest, or what I thought would be the easiest to the hardest, which uh, makes it really good. If you have some really easy ones, you get them out of the way, that, that anxiety, that stress kind of goes away, and you, you kind of snowball into the bigger ones.
0: That's good. So when you were mentioning earlier that you were counseled to put your wife toward the end, Did that counsel come through your sponsor or fellows or both?
2: Both. Yeah, definitely my sponsor, but also some other fellows in the program. But I also want to say, if your heart is telling you, you need to do the amends with someone, especially your wife, sooner, then you should maybe discuss it with the sponsor or whatever. But there were times where an amends came out of the blue. I wasn't ready. I was ready because I finished step eight to do it. But, but yeah, I had the opportunity to do the amends sooner than I expected. So.
0: so now that we've been talking a little bit about your wife, do you mind if I ask you how have the 12 steps impacted your marriage, possibly for better or for worse?
2: Well, it's uh, a loaded question, a big question. I wouldn't say we're anywhere out of the woods or anything like that. Um, it, it brought up a lot of gunk that was under the surface that neither of, us, neither of us are really aware of. So yeah, my betrayal glommed onto a lot of trauma that my wife already had and added a lot more to it. And essentially, you know, God was telling her she, she or, or her body was telling her that she was not going to be able to heal from what I did uh, until she dealt with some of the underlying traumas that she had before me. So recently she's had some really good therapy for that, but it has glanced that infection, infected wound in her. So it's made things really, really hard. And and things have been really hard for the last few years. But saying all that, I would still 1000% do the steps again, be in the groups again, because I'm free from the addiction. Um, And that freedom, that lightness that I feel and not carrying the weight of the addiction around, I would never give up,
0: uh, in a million years. That's wonderful, Matt. It sounds like you and I have a similar experience in the sense that at some point we came to the conclusion that we were no longer recovering for somebody else, but we were recovering for ourselves.
2: Right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And that's going to be the most healthy recovery of all, because as we get better, we can be better for those around us. Yes. 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 So Matt, when I had approached you about which step you wanted to speak on, you brought up step nine pretty quickly. So that tells me you have some thoughts about it. Why don't you tell us just some of your own personal thoughts that somebody else needs to know about step nine? The best thing I can
2: say is the promises being fulfilled. Have you read The Promises? Or
0: Yes, we did read The Promises on one of our episodes. I can't remember exactly which one that is, but we'll make sure that we get that into the show notes once again so that folks can read that.
2: Sweet. So, yeah, that was, I mean, I was feeling that when you had spoken on it, feeling those promises and being amazed, feeling the lightness, feeling the anxiety leaving, um, really feeling the work that Step 9 was doing in my life. So, yeah, that's why I jumped at it.
0: Excellent. Well, both Emily and I really appreciate that you would take time out of your schedule and and answer some of our questions about the nature of Step 9 and what it means. We really appreciate it. And Emily and I are going to continue to pray for you, your wife, and your family. I very much appreciate it. Very much. You're very welcome. Have a great day, Matt. You too. Bye. Bye. That was great to be able to sit down with Matt and hear what he has to share out of his own heart and mind about step nine. I get to hear input from him on most weeks as we get together, and so I was really glad to have him here. But there were some things that he said in there that I'd like to take time for you and I to comment on.
1: Yeah. One thing that struck me was the similarities in not just the story, but the childhood upbringing. Right. (laughs) For example, I'm one of eight kids, and I don't meet many people who are one of eight kids in families anymore. So that was kind of cool. And then also, you're from a small Ohio town like him.
0: Right. What else? So in your observation, you mentioned similar stories. And in Recover, we understand that we can have similar stories, but different experiences because we are unique individuals. hmm When we sit in our groups and we share our perspectives, we're not just repeating the same stories over and over again because each person has a unique perspective on their own experience with pornography and with adultery and betrayal. That they have what God has given them and their giftedness to be able to share as God strengthens them to do so. And I always appreciate that. And again, it ties back to that collective wisdom. Mm -hmm. He also mentioned the promises I believe we shared those on the Step 2 episode, and I mentioned in the interview, and I'll mention it here, we will go ahead and get the promises dropped into the show notes so that you can read them again, and we're grateful that we have that as a resource. Emily, what about you?
1: Well, I thought it was interesting that when he met his wife and they got married, he thought that that would fix his problem. He didn't maybe even realize he was an addict at that point. I know you didn't, Right. but that's our story too, very similar. You thought that marrying me was going to take all of that desire for that stuff away. And it did for about four years, right?
0: Uh, yes, it did. And again, that's another one of those similar stories. But that's not just something that runs with Matt and myself, but so many men who have this experience that starts with viewing pornography when they're in their teen years or even younger. And they want to stop. They know that this can't be healthy behavior. And so they believe that marriage is going to fix that because I get to have sex with my wife in a legitimate way and I don't have to have shame or guilt or anything like that. And then they find very quickly that the habits they formed in their younger years are still there.
1: And it all ties into the character defects that are then cultivated over time, which holds you in your addiction. Correct. So anyway, I just thought it was really great that he also found that the Friday group that you attend felt like home because that's how you described it to me. And I, for one, am very glad that you do consider that a place where you feel safe and accepted and that you are able to share your heart with other men who have similar experience.
0: Yes, and he brought up that point. Don't get discouraged because the first group you attend doesn't click, doesn't feel right, doesn't fit. Don't drop the program. Don't say it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Remember what we say here on Beyond Broken Vows is it isn't supposed to work for you. You're supposed to work for it.
1: Right. But you do need to find a place where you feel like you fit and that you belong.
0: That's right. And my Friday group that Matt attends with me is my recovery home. The next observation that I had was when he mentioned uh, going through the amends, really starting with what you perceive to be the easiest ones and going to the hardest for me, I knew that I could go to our senior pastor and talk with him and he'd be one of my easy ones because he's been in my corner from the very beginning. And he did. He made it very easy for me. He was very gracious to me and was able to extend a lot of very encouraging words about him observing my recovery process. He accepted my apology with grace and again gave me words about moving forward.
1: It's really exciting to watch you take ownership of this step, honey, and you have your list and you're going to be going through these amends, however long it takes. There's no timeline, but I can already see that there's a lightness in your heart after approaching people and getting the responses that you've been getting.
0: Confronting others with the wrongs that we've done them as an addict, that's a fearful thing. It's intimidating. When I make that bold step and the choice to move beyond how I feel about it and do it, I'm met with that grace and love that Matt spoke about. And I get healing immediately. And I get that acceptance and affirmation that I craved my whole life. But that came not through acting out, but through brave steps of humility.
1: Right. And I can see it chokes you up to say that, honey. (laughs) I know it's still a very real and raw emotion that comes out when you have to think about doing that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Emily, the last thought on Matt's interview that I wanted to bring up is that despite the challenges that he's having in his marriage, he is continually grateful for the 12 steps and would do them all over again and wouldn't change it. No regrets, even though the steps churned up the murky waters And has brought new challenges in their marriage that they were not really aware of or maybe not prepared for, but he would do it all over again because it's worth it. And I think what I heard without him actually saying it is that what makes it worth it is because he can be free from the addiction. And in doing so, he can be a better person to the world and a better husband to his wife and a better father to his children because he's no longer hindered by addiction.
1: That's wonderful. So here's the word for today. It comes from John 15, verse 13. And I'm going to read that out of the New International Version. Actually, the old NIV, not the new NIV. (laughs) This is how we memorized it years ago. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his
0: friends. Boy, that is so true. And it rings so true for step nine. We have to make the choice to really lay down our lives and ourselves in order to go to other people to make things right. That's the humbling. So here's the hope. When we humbly lay down our lives for those that we have hurt, we begin to stabilize and rebuild those relationships in new and healthy ways.
1: That's so encouraging. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. We're grateful that Matt could come and share with us today. And we're grateful for the program that Johnny and Matt and others are able to go through in order to find a place of healing, a place where they can let go of the baggage of the past and start fresh, that they can feel like men of integrity, being honest, being true. Father, not perfect. None of us are. But Lord, we are so grateful for the progress that's being made. And we pray for those who are considering recovery, that you would lead them and guide them to the right place. It's so important to have the right fit and to feel like you're not alone. So thank you, Father, for these people who love us and are gracious and extending grace to us, even at our worst times. That's very powerful. We thank you for the healing that comes from this work, and we thank you for your mercy and grace always. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. So, Emily, we have some take action items.
1: Yes, because it's take action day.
0: That's right. (laughs) So in our show notes, we have a link to a questionnaire that we have spoken about on many occasions. This questionnaire is to help you to determine whether you may or may not be a sex addict. We encourage you to take the step to look at this questionnaire if you might be thinking along these lines. As we've said before, it's not about getting you into trouble. It's about getting you out of trouble. If you can define the fact that you might be an addict, you can find recovery too and be able to experience similar things to Matt and myself as we're finding freedom in a life without addiction.
1: Yes, and we also want to encourage you to protect all of your devices with an app called Covenant Eyes. We really are grateful for this app. It just gives a peace of mind knowing that there are some boundaries in place. And this is a great step for protecting yourself from the harmful parts of the internet and an important step to showing trustworthiness to your spouse and your family.
0: Emily, I did want to share a little something about my experience with Covenant Eyes. Okay. And the one thing that I like about it is that it takes random screenshots. Mm. So it's very, very difficult to get around the process as it takes these screenshots at random and then sends them to your ally it sends them pixelated. So if there is any questionable material, the ally doesn't get the full view of what you may or may not be viewing, but it lets them know what's being seen and what you're looking at. It dawned on me that it could be taking and sending random screenshots of where I'm looking online to buy things for myself. I think have the case in point when I was looking for men's underwear for myself. Oh, right. And I realized my ally who's my best friend, could possibly get screenshots of this. He doesn't need to see that, but I'm so glad that it's there as a protective mechanism. And it reminds me that somebody else is seeing this stuff.
1: Right. Yes. It's a very good accountability measure. So if you're interested in getting this protection for the devices that you carry or have in your home, you can use our promo code BBV to get 30 days free. That's Covenant Eyes. And use our promo code BBV. We will also have that link in the show
0: notes. Excellent. So the last encouragement one want to give you on Take Action Day is that if you are currently in Sex Addicts Anonymous, keep in contact with your sponsor and your fellows. And if you're not currently engaged in a recovery program and you need some help moving forward, book a coaching call with me at coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com, and I can help you get started. That's coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com.
1: So this was a little bit longer episode, but I think it was chock full of really good stuff. So grateful to Matt for helping us with this one. And Johnny, are there some wrap-up comments that you have for us
0: today? I do. I have some words again out of the Green Book of Recovery from Sex Addicts Anonymous. It says, Working Step 9 brings us many gifts. True empathy for those we have harmed. Compassion, self-respect, and respect for the humanity of others. God willing, we may experience the forgiveness of those we have harmed. If we have been diligent in our amends, we will certainly grow in self-forgiveness too. As a result of accepting responsibility for the harm we've done, even to those who may have hurt us, we glimpse new possibilities for loving and forgiving others. Our faith in our higher power increases when we realize that we've squarely faced the wrongs in our past and made amends for them and received the gift of a better future. The process that began in step four and culminated in the ninth step now becomes a part of our lives, a daily stance, a practice that will keep us sexually sober and spiritually connected.
1: So until next time,
0: marriage is redeemed,
1: hearts renewed on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, and before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who's going through a similar situation and needs to know they're not alone. One of the best ways you can help us reach more people is to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear from you with questions and comments. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. As you walk out this journey one day at a time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.